everyone tonight. Everyone seems to be in a good mood. That's good. So the first thing I have to do is uh, make an announcement before I get in trouble. Okay, is that all right with everybody? So on Wednesday, uh, well, actually on the on next week, uh, the February the twelfth, we're going to be having our children's program, and uh, so make sure that you put that on your schedule. We'll have some fellowships immediately following that, and everybody's been working really hard. Which brings up the announcement. Yes, didn't I say February the 14th? Oh. Okay, so. The 12th or the 14th, yeah, you know. I'd like to welcome everyone tonight. We're going to have our children's program on February the 14th. At 6 o'clock, and there will be a fellowship immediately following, so uh, please plan to attend. Which brings up the announcement. This Wednesday at 5.30 p.m., there will be a full dress rehearsal for the children's program. So all you children, make sure you're here. All right, so is that okay now, dear? Okay, good. Now that we have that out of the way, we can move on. Uh, there are a lot of announcements in the bulletin, as I mentioned this morning, so uh, make sure that you uh, get a copy and see all the dates and the things that are happening. Also, there's a request for your birthday. Now, if you don't want your birthday to be known, then don't put your name and information on the sheet. <laughs> so, again, uh, everyone has their own perspective on these things, so, so I just wanted to give you fair warning. And uh, this morning we learned about the fact that God has a personal will for our lives. And, uh, and so as we, as we look into that, uh, we want to make sure that we're open to what God has for us on an individual basis because he has a plan for us. And so there's a number of things on my mirror in the morning uh, besides Psalm 91, which is not the whole psalm, just a reference on there, but there's also a thing that God has a plan for you, a plan for you to succeed and not fail, and a plan to prosper you. So God has a plan and a place for us, and so we need to know that. And so as we go to prayer tonight, let's keep that in our thoughts as we continue on in our studies of God's purpose and word for us so that we can move into that here this year. So I know we have uh, prayer requests. It's good to see Pastor Jerry with us tonight, as always, and Let's remember to keep him and Sister Mary and all the people that are listed on our bulletin that need prayer. Uh, those prayers are very, very important that we're faithful in doing that to help those people. So if you'll stand with me, I'm going to read from the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, starting in verse 17. So Paul is praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you and me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that our eyes would be the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance for us among the saints and what is his surpassing power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he performed in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. 
and he is seated there far above all principalities and all power and all might and all dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he has put all things in subjection under, in subjection under his feet and made him to be the head of all things for the church, which is his body, which we are the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. So God's got us covered. Let us go to our Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've created from before the foundation of the world a plan that you've accomplished in your son, Jesus, that we would be in him and he would be in us and we would be in you. For we are one with you tonight because of the blood of the Lamb. So, Father, we come boldly to the throne of grace at a time of need to help us to strengthen us, to encourage us. Father, we thank you for healing and deliverance and salvation. And, Father, right now we lift up all those people listed on our bulletin, Lord, that need a touch in their bodies. Father, we ask you not only to heal their body, but to strengthen them in the inner person, that they would look to you. And, Father, we ask that you would cause us to grow in the knowledge of you and press in every day. And, Father, we ask that you would reveal to us your plan and your purpose and that we would be obedient to the move of your spirit in our lives. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
this time I'll ask our ushers if they come forward, please. Brother Bailey, would you pray over our evening offering, please? This time we're going to let our children go to Children's Tuck Kids Zone tonight. This time, Pastor Wooten will come and give us the word tonight. Just give him a warm welcome as he comes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, There you go. I'm glad it was off. I'm, I'm probably online. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so anyway, uh, um, I've been, I've been, I think it was some dehydration. I've been drinking a lot of water, and so I just stole Barry's water, and Debbie said I couldn't have it, so I put it back. I never drank anything from it. <laughs> Actually, your wife gave it to me, and I, Debbie said I couldn't have it. He did need it. I know I'm saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Y'all get y'all get everything from me. Whenever you get me, you get it all, <laughs> every step of the process. So uh, uh, excited about tonight. We're going to pick back up. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, the teaching this morning because to get to where we want to get to tonight, we sort of had to walk through all of those things that happen with 
the children of Israel and with Jeroboam and with Rehoboam and with Solomon and David and back to Saul and just how God works. You know, he, he, he's at work around us all the time. And to find that, to discover that, and to, 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 learn, to, to, to learn to discern his activity, to be able to see what he's doing when he's doing it, is so, is so important to us. It can be so difficult because we make it difficult, I think. I mean, I, I, and I say that like that because I think God's placed his spirit in us to bring an awareness, an awakening to us to be able to see the activity of God around us. Um, and so tonight I'm going to pick back up on what we were talking about concerning God's personal will for our life. And we saw the providential will of God. We know and understand the moral will of God. Um, and yet we find ourselves struggling at times to embrace his personal will for us. What, what do you want, Lord? What do you, what do you have planned for me? And I think we struggle with that. I'm going to go back to me and Debbie for a little bit uh, and, and sort of how God got us to here to be an interim for you guys. Um, we had pastored for 27 years at one church. We'd reached a point in the last five years that we thought transition was coming. Uh, we actually had it come before us. We planned and made the preparations to make the change. We were headed to Mesquite, Texas to be an associate uh, and an executive pastor for a guy who had the fastest growing church in Texas at that time. And all of a sudden, he got moved to take over a national position, a, a, a position in our national office. And it, I, I, like I told him, hey, look, he was all upset about it because it was a set deal. We were going. And I said, hey, look, direction for you is direction for me. See, and we fail to see that God's activity includes everything around us and everyone around us. And, and so we, we, we struggle with that a lot, a lot of times, I think. But, but obviously for us, that was a, there was a difficult time because we thought we were in a transition and it ended up not happening. So we reached a point in the 27th year or 26th year, we, we sort of realized we were in our 27th year, okay, it's time for change. We knew we weren't supposed to go pastor anywhere else at that time. We just knew we weren't supposed to pastor New Life at that time. It was time for us to retire from that. And so turn in my, my letter of retirement to my board on a Monday night. On a Wednesday, I get a call, get a job on that June the 1st. Two weeks later, I start a job with them and keep working at the church for two more months and get to the retirement. Six months later, have this new this business drop into my lap. I mean, I and, and and I could just go step by step about how God just sort of boom, boom. It was like it was like blooming flowers. You can't rush them. You just have to sort of wait on them, and then all of a sudden, you shut one morning and they're open. They're there, you know. And so for our life, it's been blooming flowers for us. That's the way I like to describe it. Now, Debbie rushes the blooms. She wants it. I mean, so who was it? Was it Diane gave us that thing? That I call it a thing. Yes, the flower. I don't know the name of it. <laughs> anyway, it's an odd-looking bloom. Anyway, it sort of starts off small and grows real big, and it's about this huge stem, and all of a sudden, one day, it's just boom. It's this huge flower right at the top of the stem. It's just amazing. This one had like two or three blooms on it. Uh, and so, but Debbie was like, every day, she'd walk out there and look at it. Where's that thing I'm blooming? Come home from work. 
why hasn't that thing bloomed yet? I'm like, hey, Daddy, easy. Don't rush it. Just enjoy it. Yeah. What, what bloom are you waiting on? What? Let's not rush this. Let's let God do his thing with it. Amen. In the middle of all that that was going on in our life, all of a sudden we get a call and we get to come up and preach with y'all. And I was preaching some here and there. And I, you know, I, I mean, I, I love to preach. It's, um, y'all can't tell that, but uh, I love to preach, but I just knew I had done what I was supposed to do at New Life. And then all of a sudden we get to come up here and share these incredible months with you guys. And uh, so I say all that to say we're in God's personal will. You, you, you need to settle in yourself where you are. I mean, you need to come to terms with where you are and say to yourself and even to those around you, I'm there. And if you're not, then you need to come to terms with the fact that God wants to direct you and lead you into that. And you need to open yourself up to see what it is that he is saying and find that place that he's got for you and begin to function in that, live in that, and enjoy it. I mean, I, I, know that's, I know that's hard maybe, and I know there's all kinds of things that go on in our lives, and the enemy would love to get us all confused and, and redirected and mis, misled and, and, and confused. And I mean, I'm going to boil it down to this statement I made this morning. Um, God's decision-making process is really simple. He's give me you, he's give you me. One another's mentioned too many times in the scripture for us not to mean something to one another in the process of discovering the will of God for our life. Okay? Um, so, a few things I noticed, I'm going to re repeat, and then I'm going to get into the message tonight, from, uh, repeat from this morning. A few things I noticed that were very smart choices uh, when facing a very important decision. These were things that, that Rehoboam did, even though Rehoboam royally messed up everything. Okay, He made some really good decisions and, and processed some stuff correctly in the beginning. One of the first things we said, there's two things. The first thing we said was, uh, he asked for a little time in making the decision, okay? It's okay to say, hey, I need a couple of days. I told y'all, if y'all wake up and you feel the urge to buy a car in the morning, don't go buy a car. Give it some time. Do some planning. Look at it. Uh, you know, impulse buying gets so many people in trouble. Look, don't turn the TV on if you don't want to think about something to buy. <laughs> Amen. Cause, I mean, I mean, it's, it's crazy now. I'm fix I could start talking about Toyota trucks and open up my phone, and the first ad that hit me would be a Toyota truck. So anyway, that's another discussion. <laughs> Verse 5 made this statement. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. So there was two things happening right here that I mentioned, then we're going to go to the second one. Now, I didn't mention this this morning, but two things were happening right here. Rehoboam was trying to discover the will of God for his life, I believe. He was trying to figure out what, his, what he was supposed to do. And the people were content to accept God's directive. So 
The challenge on us in finding God's personal will is if we are in leadership, then we need to find his direction. If we are submitted to leadership, then we need to be content to accept that direction. You see this? You understand what I'm saying? So to walk in the will of God, there are times when I have those over me who make decisions of direction that I have to accept and believe that's God's will for me right now. I might not like it, but that's God's will for me right now. Amen? We're in that as a nation maybe in some ways. And so this is what all of us need to do when we have a decision to make that, and it, that has to be made ASAP. Uh, we, we need to buy time. We need to ask for time. We need to, we, we need to, we need to, we, we need to request time in the decision-making process. It's okay to say, I, I need to pray. I need to think. I need, I, need, I need to talk this through. I need to get to a point where I feel good about what I'm supposed to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the second thing that we said was we need to go to others for counsel. So we not only need to ask for time, we need to go to others for counsel. We saw that in his life in verse 6. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? So Rehoboam asked for the input of, uh, input of some wise older people old, uh, that, that God had used and spoke through to direct his father. Now, I said in the beginning this morning, there's, there's the reality that his dad didn't listen to him in a lot of ways, most likely. But there was an awareness in Rehoboam that they had influenced his father and that he knew that they were going to give wise counsel. So he went after it. So guys, these guys had watched his father rule. They had watched him make some really bad mistakes in his life, and they knew uh, what it was, uh, they, they, had, they had witnessed the consequences of the decisions that Solomon made. So they, they knew what needed to happen. And so I think it's important to note that probably the most important statement that he made maybe in his beginning of his reign was, what should I do? I think, I think you ought to always ask, what should I do? I think you ought to be willing to say to others, what should I do? Um, I talked with someone today personally. And I had a conversation with him, just said, oh, I want to throw something out in front of you. What do you think? So I, I think it's good to get input. I think we need to seek counsel from other people who are outside, and we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to give you a few thoughts right quick. I'm going to give you some, some proverbs. I love proverbs, okay? So the wisest man ever, King Solomon, wrote these and taught this principle right here, this principle of seeking advice. So here we go. I'm going to give you a few of them. Proverbs 9, 9, instruct the wise. I'm, uh, yes. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. So that's who we want to be. We want to be wise and receive instruction to become wiser. We want to we be seen as righteous, and then as we are taught, we want to grow in our right wiseness towards God, in our wisdom about who he is and what he has for us. Next verse um, is uh, Proverbs 12, 15, I think. Fools think they own their own way is right listen to that for just a second fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others you know this that verse fits this whole first king 12 i mean who were the fools in this you would immediately say the fool was rehoboam actually the fools were the young advisors because they're the ones who said, 
You go tell him your pinky is as big as his, your, your, is, is bigger than his waist. In other words, what you're fixing to do with your hand is going to be far greater than Solomon ever, you ever imagined from Solomon. Whenever he used the co pinky comparison, he was talking about the authority, the, the, the authority, the hand, the, the, the power, the force of who Solomon was. He said, his, he says, my pinky is going to be greater than his weight. So who, who we get our advice from is pretty important. Uh, I'm going to give you a few more. Um, Proverbs 10, I didn't, I didn't send them all to you. So I'm going to just walk through these. Uh, Proverbs 10, give Amy a hand back there. So I sent, I sent my verses yesterday, like middle of the afternoon, and she was very impressed. <laughs> I sent them tonight at 537. She wasn't that impressed. <laughs> no, no, she didn't say anything bad to me. She said, oh, I got that. I was like, yeah, whatever. She reminded me of them last Sunday evening at 5.50. Hey, did you have verse? I said, way too many. Just forget it. And so I took off. Anyway, so I'm, 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 go, I'm in a process of learning right now. I got to remember to send her verses. So anyway, y'all don't have to text me about that. Anyway, Proverbs 10.23 says, um, Through presumption comes nothing but strife, but with those who receive counsel is wisdom. Proverbs 19.20, Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. So this has long-term impact. If I'll take the advice given to me now, it affects me in the future. Now, and obviously, we could take Rehoboam and flip that thing around. If you don't take the advice given to you, it's going to affect you in the future. Amen? So you're going to take some kind of advice. We're all, even if it's just our own way of thinking. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counsels, there is victory. And in 15, 22, and we'll mention those here again in a minute, without, count, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. So I'm going to remind you of something. It was Solomon. It was a statement made by him. Uh, he basically said this. If you want to make wise decisions, you have to bring other people in on the decision-making process. So you say, where do you say that? In all those verses I just read. <laughs> That's my paraphrase. If you want to make wise decisions, you got to bring other people in on the decision-making process. There needs to be a multitude of counselors. There needs to be m many people. Uh, and, and you say, well, but this is just, I mean, it's about me. It's okay. You're important to God. He wants to speak and direct you. Um, I've heard every family, financial, relational quandary out there, I think. I've, I've heard them all. I've lived through a lot of them. Debbie and I have. So, we, you know, we're not beyond having experienced trials, trials and struggles and all kinds of things. And there's a question that always needs to be asked as politely as possible. And so I'm going to begin this whole thought with this question, okay? And here's the question. Did you ask anybody about this? Yeah, that's a good question, right? When people, when you start a conversation with somebody, they're coming for you for advice. I think one of the best questions you start the conversation off with, hey, I appreciate, I'm glad to help. Hey, 
So just out of curiosity, you know, it looks like you've made the decision. Did you ask anybody that way? Did you did you look for counsel anywhere? Did you did you seek advice anywhere? And you say, well, that sounds very negative. Well, I, I'm going to say it. I, I say that because almost 100 percent of the time. We never invite people in on decision-making process, and the end result is bad decision-making. So it's good to ask people about things. It's good to seek advice. It's good to pursue information. Most of the times, and so this just sounds, man, good Lord, bless this time. Don't let it be taken negative. Amen. Most of the time, someone with an average IQ and a little bit of objectivity and common sense would hear your plan or my plan or our plan and say, that's a bad decision. Or they'd say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. They may not be connected anywhere to it, but if you would take time to explain it, they, with just a little bit of thought, would say, hmm, man, you sure about that? Or, gosh, man, that sounds awful. I remember calling somebody about a business idea one time. I'm a thinker, and I have a son who thinks more than me, and he come with this great business idea years ago, and, and I said, hey, well, let's just run it by so-and-so, and I picked somebody that I knew was in this, was a business-minded person, and so I said, let's talk to him, let's do lunch, so we go, and we sit down, we do lunch, and, and um, it, it, it it was inevitable that I, we sort of went through the process of getting together, hanging out, talking, and we got around in the meal to the conversation, the conversation, the point of the meal, the point of the meeting. So I got this idea. I said, this person got this idea. They, you know, what do you, I'm going to let him explain it to you. So he sort of pitches the idea and all, and <laughs> immediately this guy sitting here says, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in marketing. I don't, I don't think it's going to work. And I, that's what I counted on him to do. <laughs> Some few thousand dollars later, I still paid the price anyway, but because I, you know, I'm not going to squelch a good, uh, you know, an idea, so I helped out. But it didn't work. But it, it didn't work because there was just this, this, I mean, there was this amazing idea. It's just it, it, what we wanted needed had to would have had to had a lot of capital and would have had a lot of growth to it, a lot of time to it. It was actually a little ahead of its time, I think. Uh, I say that to say I could go back to that conversation at that meal and look now and say, you know, you, you remember? Anyway, you have those. Do you have those? Come on. You know those conversations where they look at you and they say, hmm, I don't know, man. You know, you bring that guy over. He's introducing everybody, and then afterwards you call and say, what do you think? And they pause, a long pause. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So, so. So what I'm getting to is we're, we're not prone to ask people. But the scripture says clearly, repeatedly, over and over, one of the wisest people we have ever seen, get advice. Seek advice. Uh, many believers, I think, talk with 
I, I talk with answer this way. Whenever I, whenever I say, did you, did you ask anybody about this? I, no, I didn't talk to anybody. I just prayed about it. I mean, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to say this as, as, as kindly as I can. That's good. That's not God. I mean, it's good. I mean, I want you to pray about everything. It's not God because it's doesn't line up with Scripture. Scripture tells us we seek advice. Scripture tells us there's a multitude of wisdom in the counsel of many. So, 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 so I'm thrilled you prayed about it, but did you go further? Did you ask anybody? You see, because that's what we're getting down to. We're getting down to this idea again. Um, God's given me, you, you, me. He's given us one another, and when we look at this, and when we really take time, there are too many one another's in Scripture for us to leave one another out of the decision-making process. I think it's critical that we understand that, and I want to give you five suggestions. These are just suggestions. You don't have to go by them. I'm going to give you five suggestions that relate to this topic and this idea and this principle that we found in 2 Kings chapter 12. I'm going to go through them as quick as possible, um, and I'm going to try to make nursery workers happy tonight. So here we go. These are, these are suggestions on how to use this principle to hear from God through other people, okay? This is how you can hear from God through other people. So here they are. The first one is this. Uh, choose someone who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Number one, choose someone who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Now, this was always a downfall for me as a pastor. Because when I got chosen, I always told them the truth, and I ended up losing them. I mean, honestly, people get mad at you if you're preaching, you tell them the truth about some relationship or some plan they got or some idea they got. Come on, Brother Jerry, give me an amen back there. And so, and so, 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 I, but I committed early. God, I'm not about growing the church, I'm about growing people. I know people are the church, but it's not about the numbers. It's about the soul. So I'm going to be honest. So when people come sit down with me and say, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? I'm honest with them. I've always told the truth about what I thought and what I believe the scripture said about it. And the end result was they'd get mad because they didn't want to hear what I had to say. That's right. So, so choose people who have nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Um, we saw it. We looked at it. We read it. The problem with Rehoboam was his friends had so much to lose. Had so much to lose. Those closest to him had so much to lose. We, we all have these kind of friends now. They're friends who, who, who won't be honest with us because they're scared it's going to affect the relationship, because they're scared it's going to break some kind of tie they've got with us. And you have friends who are more concerned about the friendship than they are about being your friend to you. And what is a friend? That's a person who will tell you the truth. And so what I'm getting to is this, is this idea They'll tell you whatever you want to hear in order to make sure nothing happens to the relationship. You don't need that counsel. You need somebody who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth, that they value you as a friend enough to be honest with you. You need to find someone who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Second, so we choose someone who has nothing to lose by telling the truth. Second, choose someone who is where you want to be. Choose someone who is where you want to be in life, in relationship, 
maybe in marriage, maybe may, maybe in business. Choose someone who, uh, you know, is, who is where you want to find people. So, so here's what I'm talking about. Find people who are where you want to be and who, in a sense, have this map that they've got that can tell, that tells how they got there. I mean, they, uh, we've, all, we've all been through life. I, I say this all the time. Tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. You know what your story is? Your story's a map. Your story has landmarks in it where God did stuff in your life that you can point to and you can share and say, this was God. And those are all directives in this story that you have, and it's like a map to get to a place in God. Well, it's the same, same way in relationships and like with your marriage. It's the same way in, in, in terms when it comes to uh, uh, the business you have or the, the kids you've raised. You've got, you've got this map. There's something in you that created that opportunity. And you, that's what we want people to find that. So you want to find people who have that. And you're basically just saying to them, would you share your map with me? I want to figure out how to get to where you are because I like where you are. Amen. Rehoboam did right in going to those who had watched the king. I mean, it was a good decision. He went, his first decision was a great decision. He went to the ones who had watched the king, watched the mistakes, watched the successes, and they knew, they knew. And they told him, hey, be a servant leader. And by serving, you're going to create servants. So here's our problem. <laughs> you ready? We ask people most often who are no further down the road than we are. Matter of fact, we've done past two or three of the turns. And we're basically looking back saying, how'd you get there? And they're wondering how, why we would ask them. I mean, I joked about it this morning. It was a harsh joke, and I probably shouldn't have. But I said, if you're asking the person in the cubicle next to you that has multiple failed marriages how to get through this marriage strife that you're in right now, look, you're way further down the road than they are right now. Don't seek marriage counsel for someone who's tried it with four different people and failed. I, all I'm saying is, <sighs> wow, I had it. I won't say that. They're, they're, they're just not, they're <laughs> you're smarter than they are. Find somebody smarter than you are. It, it, if they're not making it, they're just not smart. Okay, I'm trying to not use that word. A word I like. So, 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 so get this, you're smarter than they are you get, you go, because you're doing what you should do. You're seeking advice from someone who is smarter than you are, someone who has succeeded, someone who's made it. If you're, if, I'll give you another example. If you're failing in school, kids, kids, listen, any kids that are here, they're out, but that's okay. If you're failing in school, don't ask the girl in after school detention what to do. That, does that, you understand what I'm saying? So it's just another picture of what we're talking about here. Third, okay. So what are we doing? We're choosing someone who uh, has nothing to lose by telling us the truth. We choose someone 
who is where we want to be in life and marriage and business, whatever the, you're struggling with to find the will of God for you. Third, if possible, and I put if possible here, ask more than one person. Take time to sit down with more than one. Take time to seek counsel. What did it say in Proverbs eleven fourteen? Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Safety. Isn't that what, I mean, what is safety? It's the bloom. It's the bloom. It's being patient and waiting and watching the bloom. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's calm. It's peaceful. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success, Proverbs 15, 22. So third, if possible, ask more than one person. Fourth, I'm giving you five, so we're right towards the end. Fourth, choose someone you know and, if possible, someone you don't know. In seeking advice, choose someone you know. Hey, John, I need to get with you. I need to talk to you. And choose someone possibly you don't know. There's people all around us, leaders, business owners, pastors, people that we could call and say, hey, I need to, I'd like to, I'm seeking advice on something in my life. I'd like to sit down with you. You say, I'm not going to go talk to nobody about my problems. You're probably not going to get good advice. I mean, come on. You, you, need to, you need to be willing to sit down, buy their lunch, say, hey, look, I, 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 I want to buy an hour of your time. I'm going to buy your lunch, and then I want to have a conversation with you about some stuff going on in my life. I'm seeking some advice. I see you as a, as a person who you don't know me, but who I believe because of your history and what I see happening in your life, in your church, or in your business, I think it'd be beneficial to you. I think you can give me some good counsel. And you know what? For meal, folks do anything. I know most of you, so you can't call me for that one, but if you got friends, tell them to call. No, anyway, just having fun. Number five, go into these conversations. Listen to me. In all of these we've named, the fifth suggestion is this. Go into these conversations sensitive to the fact that God may speak to you. Go in expecting it. Go in looking for him, his words to you. Well, this person may not even know Jesus. I'm, I'm okay with that. God will use a donkey. He can use anybody. If they're trustworthy and you've been recommended to you, you know them just from general acquaintance, I think it's okay. Uh, I do encourage you to seek believers, but if you're going for someone you don't know, you may not know that much about them, look, just be sensitive. God will speak to you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal his plan to you. I'm not talking about a setup. So I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about this being sensitive that God may speak. I'm not talking about a setup. I'm not talking about calling them and saying to them, hey, I'd love to meet with you at 10 o'clock today and have, and, 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 or 10 o'clock tomorrow. And, and I have some, I, I've asked God to speak to you. So I need you to pray up and get ready to bring me. Dude, that's a lot of pressure on somebody. I think it's just simple, honest truth. Hey, I need to hook up with you. I need to talk with you. I need some advice. The, that idea that we put people under pr the spiritual pressure, put them in a spiritual vice, I'm going to tell you what that is. 
that's an attempt to control the environment. That's what that is. It's an attempt on our carnal nature, from our carnal nature, to control the environment, to manipulate before. So don't do that. Go in honestly. Go in trusting that God will do this. So call and say, hey, I'd love to hook up with you. Can you meet at 10 tomorrow? And you talk with him and sort of tell him briefly that you have some stuff, you need some advice. And then you hang up and you pray, Lord, help me to hear from you. Help me to hear from you. And you go in sensitive to what he would say. So I give you all that to suggest three questions to ask. So if you get someone or you have someone or you enter into that thing where you've got somebody that you trust is going to tell you the truth, I'm going to give you three questions to ask. You ready? If you're writing them down, I'll take the time to give them to you. Number one, first question, are any of the options I'm considering outside the boundaries of Scripture as you know it? Are any of the options I'm considering or any of these things I'm talking with you about outside the boundaries of Scripture is anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God? So basically, that's what we're saying here. Are any of the options I'm considering outside the boundaries of Scripture as far as you know? Now, what does that, what does that mean? Um, that ought to be a question we ask in every decision we make. I said that this morning. I'll say it again. That ought to be a that's where I stopped myself this morning about my message. I, 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 that ought to be in every one of our hearts. God, is this line up with you? Is this according to your, your plan and your word for my life? Is this, is this correct? It, it's the question all new believers need to memorize. I mean, a new believer ought to learn this thought. Does what I'm thinking about doing line up with the word of God? Amen? Because if it does, then good. You, you, you can lay the options out and pick some. If none of them line up, that's it. Throw it out. Let's move forward. You're not supposed to do that. Second, second question. If this is a person you trust, if this person you know or don't know, it's okay to ask this. What do you think is the wise thing for me to do? Key word wise. Now, what do you think I ought to do? No, no. What do you think is the wise thing for me to do? What's the wise thing? Wise takes into consideration everything. Wise takes into consideration everything you've told them. Now, if you hold something back, then it affects their ability to interpret and to discern and to bring to you a clean decision, a clear decision, a direction. Uh, oftentimes it's not right or wrong issues that we're facing, okay? Picking a job, going to, you know, all, there's all kinds of stuff that, that's almost amoral. They're not, you know, it's not, I mean, it's the personal will of God for us, but we get, I mean, there's choices. We got options. There's things that we can do that God will bless. Um, should I stay in Birmingham or should I go to Atlanta? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen in Scripture those two being a decision maker. I mean, what are you going for? What impact does it have on you? Is God, you know, so there's a lot of questions that come up. It's not providential or moral. Uh, you're, you're asking, based on what you know about me and the opportunity before, before me, what do you think is a wise thing for me to do? Based off what you know, what do you think is wise for me to do? And so it's okay. I mean, that's good stuff to get to. 
The scripture makes this statement, he who trusts in his own heart's a fool. He who walks wisely will be delivered. So the third question would be really simple, really quick. What would you do if you were me? <laughs> Run! No, no. No, it's okay to ask that. If you're, going, if you're talking to somebody that's got nothing to lose by telling the truth, and you said, what would you do if you were me? Boy, that really puts their, them in your shoes. That helps you get a perspective from somebody else that's seeing it in a different light, but trying to see it from your position, which brings me to these two things, and then I'm going to close, okay? So I mentioned a little bit of it this morning. I'm going to close with this thought. There's two primary reasons you won't do this. First and foremost, pride. Two primary reasons. You won't ask these questions. You won't find someone who will tell you the truth that's got nothing to lose. You won't take time to look for somebody outside of the relationship that you have to lay the plan down and ask them, is this a wise thing for me to do? Because of pride, it's an ugly thing. I, I, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. We, we think that, don't we? Don't we? I mean, I mean, it's been being thought ever since creation. I guess it's still something we have to battle with. Actually, you probably do need somebody to tell you what to do. I need somebody to tell me what to do. I need all the advice I can get. Amen. And so, I, I, to be honest with you, there's a there's a quote: "Great leadership's not making, not about making decisions on your own. Great leadership's about owning the decisions once you once it's been made." So, great leadership means that I. I don't have this ability to make this decision on my own. It means that once the decision is made, I own it. It's me. And so, so I don't get to blame anybody who was counseling me. So I need to think through that a little bit and go, whoa, wait a minute. I want to humble myself a little bit here and get all the advice I can get so that when the decision is made and, we, it, and it, it works, then we can... Give all the praise and glory and honor for all the help and to God be the glory. Amen. Second, and maybe more obvious. So the first and foremost reason, primary reason you don't do this would be pride. The second one is this. We already know what we're going to hear and we don't want to hear it. Why did my kids do stuff that they shouldn't have done and afterwards I'd find out? And I would say, what were you thinking? What was the answer? It wasn't, well, Dad, I just wasn't. No, 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 that's never the answer. We all think, we all think, we all, somehow or another, there was a thought that said, I think I'll try this. And the end result is what? Some kind of disaster that we're having to rescue our kids out of, and we want to go. What were you thinking? That's not the question. The question needs to change. It needs to be, what were you doing? I mean, 
You, you obviously weren't doing what you should do, which is ask for some advice, get some input. Well, why wouldn't they do that? Because they already know the answer that they're going to get. No. I mean, isn't that all of our lives? That was me growing up. I mean, I did some some bad stuff, some really dumb stuff, some some uneducated stuff, some stuff that I never sought advice from anybody else. I found myself in the fix, and then I, I had you know great parents that loved me and got me out of them. I I could tell you stories about a wreck I had one night, and 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 two. All I can say is they were angels. I don't know who they were. A car showed up. They got me in the car. They took me home. I had no idea where I lived. I passed out in the back seat of the car whenever I got in it. They woke me up when I got to the house. We lived that so far out in the country, even angels couldn't find it. So I'm confused on how they did it. And they got me home, and I got up. I got out, and they woke me up. Said that we're at your house. I went in the house. I didn't tell them where I lived. I didn't tell them anything. I woke up next morning. I mean, it's, there's just story after story, just God's hand and protection. What's known is I did some stupid stuff, but I didn't ask anybody about it. Why? Because I knew what the answer would be. Isn't that what we all do? Haven't we all been there at some point? We already know what we're going to hear, so we don't want to hear it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say this. This will disturb religious spirits. We'd rather take a few verses, so I'm talking about the spiritual side of us as believers. We'd rather take a few, few verses, most of the time out of context, and go our own way, and then, rather than, I'm sorry, ask advice because we know what someone will say to us. So we'd rather not ask anybody and use some spiritual verse that gives us some idea that we have this right and convince ourselves of that than to ask somebody what we should do or what they think. And then when they tell us, we have to literally rebel against that. So my point is, let's quit using God as an excuse to do wrong. Let's let God use others to help us do right. That is what Rehoboam missed. Matter of fact, how many of y'all know what the red flag means on the beach? I know you know don't swim, but I mean, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Severe undertow. Yeah, severe undertow. So there's this undercurrent that you can't see. And what happens? When you go out, you're hanging out, you're swimming, next thing you know, you look up, and you're 50 yards away from the beach, and you think, I don't know what happened, you know. So you start swimming and swimming, and then you look up, and you're 100 yards away from the beach. And what that means is, is there's literally this undertow in the water that will take anything on the edge of the beach out into the ocean. So why are the red flags there? The red flags are not there to say don't get in. The red flags are there to say slow down. Slow down. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You need to know there is this severe undertow. Now, if you get out there, you're going to probably get sucked out when you do. 
Ain't nobody going to cry. No, no, <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> we warned you. <laughs> Why did I bring that up? <sighs> because it's a red flag when you won't ask someone because you already know what they'll say. It's a red flag when you won't ask someone because you already know what they'll say. There's a severe undertow going on, and what is it? It is that self, that old nature that the Scripture tells us we have to do what with it every day. Put it to death. Put it to death. Reckon it dead every day. I get up, I have to say to that old man, not today, buddy. I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to honor you. It's all Jesus. But when we feel that urge to do what we want to do and not ask anybody because we know what they'll say, then that's that red flag. Because there's something, it'll suck you out there so quick. Because where's Jesus in that? So, I'll close with Rehoboam. The sad reality is Rehoboam discovered a principle that he violated within three days. Verse 15. I didn't read it this morning. We only got through 14. But 1 Kings 12, 15 says, So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of God, will of the Lord. For he fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nabat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. So the king paid no attention to the people. God's given us one another, and he's willing to speak through those around you. Please pay attention. Please pay attention. Seek the advice of others. Give an ear to what the Lord will speak to you through them. Because we want it to be bloom after bloom after bloom, don't we? We want it to be God, the evidence of God's personal will for our life just blossoming every step of the way. Every step of the way. Father, we bow before you. You are so good to us. And Lord, I, I would... I'd be wrong to feel or to say or to even express that anything about your goodness is outside of your love for us. It is all contained in your love, your mercy, your grace. And tonight, We've taught a lot. We've shared thoughts 
and suggestions on how to get to a place to where that in our life we're walking in the personal will of the Father. And I think that's the desire of everybody here. We want, we want to know your personal will. We want to discover you, God. And in the discovery, we find who you are and what you have for us. Dr. K said, these plans for us to succeed, these plans for us to prosper, not to harm us, but to give us hope in a future. I, I, I want to be in those plans. Those, that, sounds like, that sounds like a spring day in a garden of flowers. I mean, it smells good. It's awesome to see the new stuff happening. It's great to look back and see what happened yesterday because it's bloomed. It's glorious. You're precious. But it, I know there's times when in decision-making we can be really confused and we can really struggle. But that's why you've given us each other. That's why you've given us the church and leadership and friendship and relationships outside the church so that we can get all of the counsel that we can get and so that we can make the right decisions. Rehoboam didn't do a good job of that. He had a chance. He had a choice. But he just didn't choose correctly. And that's all we're asking tonight, Lord, is help us to understand this process. Help us to understand these steps. Help us to, to ingest your word and your, this teaching so that tomorrow when we're talking with somebody and they're sharing this idea with us or they're, what they're going through, we can just calmly and politely say, have you asked anybody about that? Have you talked with anybody about that? And so that we can be a voice of hope, a voice of wisdom, a voice of knowledge. So that we can offer to those outside of this building the hope that we have found inside it. So that we can offer those outside of the relationship with Christ the hope and the, the healing the direction that we found in the relationship with Christ so we tell our story help us father help us to be that people help us to, uh, to, to to receive all of what you're offering to us from your word and from the the life and the message of Jesus <laughs> from the presence of the Holy Spirit God, we ask that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Won't you stand with me? Does anybody here need prayer tonight? Physical need? Any, any, anybody need to stand in for someone? We want to anoint and pray for you. We want to we believe God for healing. If you need healing, if you need direction, if you need anything, we want to open the altar and just have a time right here. Just let God do his thing. Amen. I think he's a healer. I think he's a hope giver. I think that he is a, a, a promise keeper. I think he's all those things. And so anything you need assurance in, anything that you need a touch in, he wants to offer that to you and minister that to you. Anyone? Anyone? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you.
bless you tonight. If you guys close to Brother Jerry, just reach over and put your hand on him. I'm going to pray for him. Father, we just pray right now for Brother Jerry, God, and for Miss Mary. We know they have been in a real physical battle, a, a, just a real battle, God. So we speak hope and healing and strength. We speak, we speak life into them in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every lie of the enemy that is attempting to cause death to come. And we say to death, you have no hold, you have no right, you have no strength in this moment. Life, life is born, life is given, life precedes. In Jesus' name, let strength and life be the order of the day. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miss Ronine. Mike. Okay. Amen. Amen. Just reach right there and just agree with Miss Ronine right now. In the name of Jesus, we call out Mike's name, God. We know that you are aware of him now. We agree in Jesus' name that you will heal and that you are the healer in this moment. God, do, do the miraculous now in that hospital. Use the doctors and nurses, but God, let there be the presence of the living God invade that place through the power of your Holy Spirit. We speak life. We command this sickness to release his body in Jesus' name. We curse it from his body. We command it to loose him in Jesus' name. And we speak life and creative power to come into him, to bring life and, and, and breath back into his lungs, to bring strength back into his muscles. Give him a peace of mind even now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Love one another. I love